All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Voice of Reason podcast. We've had a great week. My name is Sean Phillips, and I am joined alongside my two co-hosts, Mr. Andy Van Beber and Travis Kirkendall. Gentlemen, how are you two doing this evening? Fantastic. How are you guys doing? I'm tired, but living. Well, you know. (laughs) Monday really kicked my ass. I'm not going to lie. Living in Chicago, does that do that to you or what? Uh. That I mean, it took me over an hour just to get thirty miles home today. So I was going to ask you about that. What that was like living in the dealing with traffic and everything. It's honestly not that bad. I kind of just you know put on a podcast and zone out, but it does eat up a lot of your it it does eat up a lot of your time. Oh man, yeah, I hear you. I just try to zone out and ignore it. Just accept it and take it. Yeah. So for all those who want to know, my house is still up for sale too. The Illinois property yeah. tax isn't that bad. <laughs> yeah, if if you if you don't live in Illinois, it's not that bad. Yes, it's only the second highest in the United States, not the first. Right? So would that be California? Would be the would be the highest? Is either that or like New Jersey or something like that? I think or Connecticut. Well, actually, I can assure you. Of all the states, Colorado is most definitely the highest. But uh, as far as taxes go, they're actually living at pretty low right now. Hey, it's legal here too. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. But they tax. So you guys have they tax yeah, the crap still got out high of taxes. And oh, yeah, it's, man, it's it's ridiculous. If, if they can find a way, to, if, if they can find a way to tax it, they will tax it. Yes, and you ought to see some of the Facebook uh, posts when when it first went when it first was legal two years ago. Uh, the, like the line down there at uh, Collinsville was like it was like a mile and a half long, standing in line. And then the guy showed his receipt, and it's like so he buys however many grams or whatever he's allowed to get, and it cost him like $120, and it was like another $115 just in the tax. And I was like, wow. Yep. Is it oh, recreational legal mm-hmm. or? Just yep, it is recreationally legal to smoke yes. weed in Illinois. Yes, yes, yes. So, yeah, vacationers yeah. in Illinois are starting to head that way. It's what it sounds like. Now, has what what was the specifics that the tax dollars uh, was actually going to go for? Was there any kind of is it education? Um, any is this kind of taxed? And I'm sure it's I'm sure it's flushed down the toilet somewhere. Let's say politicians <laughs> getting paid. Yeah, it's going to it's going to fix all these great roads we have in the city. Yes, we we have oh. so yes, our roads are so fantastic. We have potholes that you can get swallowed in here. So it's bad. <laughs> it's so really that actually bad. sounds horrible. Well, aside from what sounds like a lot of long driving, I I too uh, listen to my fair share of podcasts while driving around the town or um, driving to and from St. Louis. But I also had a, a, a good week, a productive weekend. So. I'm I'm glad to be back joined with you guys uh, this week again. More craziness, more change, more interesting things have happened across the nation in just the short span of seven days. It never ceases to amaze me what we're always talking about next. Uh, Although sometimes it seems that it's the same subject, just different pieces in the puzzle. So, um, yeah, this week was especially interesting and uh, I have you guys seen um, the footage of the gentleman who is a lieutenant in the army who oh, was boy. pulled over, arrested. Watch it this morning. 
watched it this morning. So that actually, if I'm not mistaken, that video footage was from December of 2020. So it is recently making the rounds. I'm not sure if it was because it was recently released to the public or if it's just now finally, you know, caught that um, last bit of the right person on social media saw it. And now it is a uh, phenomenon worldwide now is, you know, the cause of protest. There was. Uh, Tell me what happened. I, I, this is my first time hearing about this. Well, what what ends up happening is this lieutenant is pulled over in a just small burg in Virginia, and he's wanting to. They uh, they've got him at a gas station, right, Sean? Correct. They have him. He uh, they had started the traffic. Uh, they had started to pull him over on the road. It just so happened to be right by a gas station where he pulled up underneath where it was well lit. And he, when he got, what basically what it was, he didn't have ta- he didn't have license plates, but he did have, I guess he had temporary tags displayed, but they didn't see him or something. They came up and he correct, and they and they basically said, you know, get your hands up, get him out. And I mean, he had his hands, he's literally got his hands out the window, and they're, you know, asking him to, sh- you know, all this crazy stuff, and they're. And he's like, well, what are you pulling me over for? And they're just like, get out of the car, get out of the car. He's like, well, can you please tell me? And they try to unlock, try to open his door. And he's, just, and he's not resisting. He's not yelling. He's, please, sir, tell me what you're, I mean, what's going on? I'm confused. And then they, they mace him in his eyes and everything like that. Jesus. And, they, and then they yank him it's, out of the car. Yeah. And they handcuff him. And then so the guy, and so now they're, he, they're, suing, they're suing him. Because, and then from what I was watching, and this was on, I was watching this on the Al Jazeera channel this morning, they were saying uh, that when he, he was threatening to go public, because he had his camera running in his in his car as well, and he said, I'm going to go public with this, and they said, we'll ruin your career in the army if you do, and 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 so they, you know, it just... It's, and another reason why it was also making the waves was it was... This has been a known thing. It sounds like it was a pretty open and shut investigation earlier on when it had happened, but they reopened the investigation because it had made national news. Uh, So that's why they were like, oh, we're, you know, we're doing a a third party investigation after the department itself had already done an investigation. They recently, this past week after the video went viral, decided to fire the police officer, one of the police officers that was involved, which which sparked a huge outcry because had this not gone viral, that officer would still be working there. Um, it, it, I mean, he, he, it wasn't like he was, you know, suspended uh, or on suspension. He was back working on the police force. This video went viral and they fired him. The one thing, the most troubling part of the whole entire video in my opinion, uh, is there is a term that is used, uh, the individual being arrested, like uh, Andy said, not remotely resisting. There is zero dog in this fight this individual has. He is simply just stating, what are you pulling me over for? The two times I've listened to it, I myself could not pick up on them telling him why. I might have just missed it. Uh, but they roll in there, and clearly, like in the video, you can you can see in the body cam, you can see the temp tags taped in the top right part of his vehicle in the rear view windshield. It's almost like a SUV, so it's pretty flat. It's not like it's a car where it's kind of angled where you might not be able to see it. I mean, it's. I think if they would have just taken that second to look up, they would have seen the temp tags right there. They just weren't on the actual plate itself. 
Um, but what was so troubling is because they are weapons unholstered, um, yelling at him, at the individual. The the man being uh, pulled over says, uh, honestly, sir, I'm afraid to step out of the vehicle. Says that, and the police officer on body cam straight up says, yeah, you should be. While he has oh, a gun God. trained on. Oh, my goodness. I, I have one question because I, st- I haven't seen it. What was the lieutenant's ethnicity? Oh, he was very black. He's an African-American male. Yeah, very, very black. And the arresting officer was uh, last name was like Gutierrez or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other the other individual was your was uh, couldn't couldn't tell you his last name. And he he's also, um, you know, to blame for this situation. He did not handle the you know, this is where when we when we talk about um policing your your brothers when there's issues this is something we talk about in the military a lot and i i know travis you've sat through tons of briefings on when you're when your partner's doing the wrong thing or your battle buddy's doing the wrong thing it's your job you're the first line of defense to correct them and to police them up and get them fixed this individual just sat there didn't say a word like the guy being arrested was even looking at the other officer kind of like hey man this is a he, he was like talking to him because the other guy was like, get, get, get the hell out of the car, get the hell out of the car. You know, you're under arrest. And he's like, why? And he's looking at the other individual. He's like, why? And that dude just looks like, you know, a, a puppy, a puppy. That's like, he, yeah, he was deer in headlights. Lost. Yeah. yeah. Just, and that's a problem. It's the same, you know, incident. If we go back, another thing that's, you know, kind of being talked about is the Derek Chauvin case. And uh, with, with the George Floyd murder and, one of the big talks is there were several other police officers present that did not intervene when clearly there needs to be someone to, that steps in that does the right thing because this is a routine traffic stop that happened. That for anyone else, that is a routine traffic stop. And normally, like I will say, in in some cases, you would argue, like I, I can say firsthand personally. I have gotten out of tickets because like I had my patrol cap, my, my army uniform cap was like sitting on the dash and people recognize that. And they're mm-hmm. like, Oh, are, are you a soldier? Or are you a veteran? I was like, I'm army national guard. And literally the conversation breaks clear. And I've gotten out of tickets because of that. Um, so typically you kind of think like an individual in uniform, not necessarily getting out of a ticket, but at least the police officer would be like, oh, okay. Recognize. Yeah. We can Wait, have this conversation. He, we can recognize. Was he in uniform? in uniform? Oh, yes. He was, he was in uniform. uniform. And yes. So, and so – So this this is where the conversation comes from that I love that I've seen this whole week was all these people were bringing it full circle of like when, when Colin Kaepernick took a knee in yeah. order to, you know, protest police brutality and people were like, what about the troops? What about the troops? What about the troops, troops are getting arrested too for being black, man. Like it, it's, it's, it was, it's a wild video. I encourage you yeah. uh, to watch it. If, if watching uh, arrest videos are something that, you know, uh, I hate to throw in the word or like trigger warning, but if it is something that causes distress in you, please be advised. Uh, there's, you know, bad language and it's, it's pretty rough to watch the man just get pepper sprayed for absolutely no reason. And then yanked out of his vehicle. And one of our listeners, yeah. one of our listeners that did, uh, or what our viewers tonight did say, is it poor train, you know, poor training. 
I mean, don't you think by now that they've that every police department in the land has had some kind of sensitivity training? You would think that. I, um, I saw this like a well. Here, I got a question with that. Then was this like a? Do we know if this was like a big? Uh, police department, or is this like a small oh, town? Small, middle small, town, small, small town, town, middle of nowhere, Virginia. I would say, <laughs> not, not not supporting the man's actions, but I would say their training was probably really shitty, if yeah. there was any at all. And well, and I'm, I not, just, and that doesn't make it okay by any means, but yeah. And the other listener said, "Don't think, doesn't think this is a race issue." I think it. Well, I I I would disagree with I, that. But I, I, would, I disagree completely. I, uh, I I think this was a a major. If, this, it, this is a, a if this had been you, Sean, it would have been a different story. Or anyway. yeah, I completely. There's, agree. there's no denying yeah. that. I I can't. I personally can't see that argument of it not being. I I don't know if one of we had a one of our one of my former students who's actually a, a county share, a county deputy down in southeast Missouri. I don't know if he's. Uh, I'll just call him out, Michael Vincent. If you're still on, I'd like to see if you would chime in on this, but I don't know if he's still on or not. But uh, he's you know I. I just want I just want to think that somewhere I mean this is something that every police department should have to cover really you know I think that it's you I mean we I mean just today what was it the was it yesterday or today that the guy in another guy in Minnesota was shot in Minnesota, in in the Twin Cities area and he was uh and the cop said well I meant to pull my taser I'm like okay Gun in one location, taser in the other, and you meant to pull your taser, but you pulled your gun, or was it the fact that correct? That's that was the the listening to the police chief from there that was speaking on the incident said that it was a negligent discharge, which Travis, if you know you know that term fairly well, uh, the term negligent discharge can end uh, end you up in Leavenworth in the military, like you go to military prison. For depending on the instance, a negligent discharge. So a negligent discharge by a police officer that cost an individual their life would also, you would think, would end you up in prison. Now, are they using that to try to cover up what what this actually could have been? We no one will know. No one was in the head of the police officer. No one was in that exact situation. Um, but it is an unfortunate event that now we are going to see more protest um, in uh, th this was Minneapolis, correct? If I'm not mistaken. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's a yeah. It so, was a suburb. Yeah. A suburb of Minneapolis. So Minnesota. Um, not looking good right now. It, it's 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 not so, going to end anytime soon. We'll, so we'll protests have they started yet? Yeah. Or is it like, yeah. Yes, yeah. they have. Well, and again, you know, and and I'm going to play this from the opposite of the, you know, I I I tip my hat to the boys in blue. I really do, absolutely, because absolutely. I do not think I. Well, first of all, I don't have the stress. I have a hard enough time with the stress level sometimes, but just with my job, and to put myself in their position, you know, is everybody going to be? you know, is this going to be my last ride? When I go out, is this going to be my last ride? Is this going to be my, you know, or somebody going to make a call to my wife tonight saying that I was shot, you know? So these guys are all, I think a lot of these guys are, are, I mean, they, they need to maybe, you know, re recognize that it is, it's occupational hazard, but you know, my dad always said you can lure more 
you know, flies with honey than you can with vinegar. So when you approach the situation, you know, I've seen police officers who've walked up to, you know, to, to me, but of course I'm white. So I'm not, I'm, you know, and I, I, I feel for my friends who have African-American children who, you know, is this what they're going to be, that their, their kid could be a target whenever they're pulled over, just always told, put your hands on the steering wheel and just say, yes, officer, no officer. And that's it, you know? I've got a, this is, this might seem off topic, but I promise I'm going to try to come full circle. Okay. If you guys, have you guys ever been to a restaurant where the experience was, was so bad, you never return back to that restaurant and don't plan on doing it? Yep. Right. Yes. Okay. So when individuals talk, and again, I, when, when you, the argument, right, is, well, not all, not all cops, not all cops are like this, not all cops are like this, and where I would agree, not all police officers have the, any intent on going out and, and causing any harm. There are many that swear the oath and decide to do that job because they want to do the right thing. Absolutely. Where the, where the issue lies is, think of it like that, think about, think about it like that restaurant. There are individuals who have had bad experiences because of the color of their skin with police officers. That negative interaction has now set the tone for how they might interact or how they feel about dealing with police officers. It's the same, it's the same thing. If if you've gone to a store that just sucks, you're like, man, I'm, I'm never going back there. And then you might even think, you know what? All like it was so bad. I don't want the whole company's lost my business. I'm never going to go back to, you know, even if it's like McDonald's, say you found something in your food one time. You're like, I'm, I'm just never going to McDonald's. It's it's disgusting. I don't ever want it. It's the same thing. But there's a huge difference. I'm not upset because there was a hair in my burger. I'm upset because someone lost their life, potentially because of the color of their skin. Um, and And that's why there's there's that anger that level of anger i've dealt with protesters face to face firsthand as an as a national guard soldier i've been on the line and i've interacted with and what people don't understand is there's real pain in these people's faces that you don't get from looking at the images on facebook you don't get these images on twitter even when you're watching the videos of hearing the sobs from 15 year old girls who are screaming in my face because they're angry and they're not necessarily angry directly at me as a national guard soldier, but they are angry that it's a reoccurring issue that seems to keep happening. And the thing is like, let's not try to act like this is new. It's just the world has changed. But if you go back to the Rodney King beatings, if you go back to the LA protest that happened in the late nineties, and the and the eighties throughout time, these are think th this is not new. Now it's just spread like wildfire because we have social media. Now what happens in LA can affect what happens in St. Louis with protests. We've seen that. Like <clears throat> so I think that to people that are adamantly would, going would you you know and we can go farther back than that. I mean you can talk about when oh, yeah. MLK was assassinated i mean the watts the watch district of uh los angeles was on fire for i mean they mm -hmm. i mean uh los ambra uh, in uh what is that um i can't but many parts of los angeles and it almost became a running joke 
you know, you'd, you'd watch some of these comedy shows and they talk about it. And then, uh, you know, and then in, in, in the seventies and then, you know, with the black Panther, I mean, mm-hmm. I think America needs to come to grip that we do have a race issue and we need to address the elephant in the room. And for somebody to say, well, you're got, you know, you hear the old farts at the coffee table who say, well, you've got your, you know, we, we, you, you're not under slavery. And it's not like you can't get, it's, People don't, until you, you've walked a mile in somebody's shoes, which is the old saying, you're never going to understand. I mean, we, we, we have, none of us, none, not any one of us here in this podcast can fully understand what, you know, I mean, I, I'll, I'll, I'll share, I'll just share a brief story and then we move on. But yeah. last, so last year when, when, right before we got out for, for COVID, uh, dismissed from school, my kids always like to come out to, to hang out at the track during track practice, right? And so, so we're out there having track practice. And my kids come out there, and one of my girls who are running come up to me and say, "Coach V, I don't want to be a rat, but somebody said, hey, they said something to your daughter along the lines of, hey, do you have the co? Do you have the coronavirus? You guys probably brought it here.'" And I said, "Who was it?" And I walked over to. And I called that student over and, and you guys know, know me to swear or anything, but I told that kid, I said, I pulled him close into me and I said, you're lucky I'm your coach because if I was a regular parent, I'd be kicking your ass right now. And, and, mm-hmm. and I reported it to my principal. I reported, I, I had this, I had the student's parent on, on, I had, I knew the parent personally and I, and I, I texted the parent and they, they assured me and I found out from other sources that they laid into that student the next day. And, and I mean, that's just a, that's just a tiny, 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 tiny tip of the iceberg. And just the outrage that I felt over a tiny, tiny minuscule incident. I can't even begin to wrap my mind around what African-American families have to deal with or what they, what they're feared of on a, on a basis, you know? Yeah. I, uh, Zero tolerance for it. Yeah. So, anyway. I wanted to pull something up because I did see one comment, and, and this is a – and then we can we can kind of move on from here. But I'm reading here, uh, more white people are killed by cops than black people, and that just solely has to do statistically with 75% of the United States is white, uh, whereas I think um, if I'm looking on here – yeah, uh, in 2019, the U.S. Census estimated that 14.7% of the total American population would identify as black or black mixed with another race. So if we also look, uh, according to Cora, the statistics for a number of white individuals killed by police officers in 2019 was 406 and black individuals the number was 259 so if we want to talk as far as percentages go um naturally more white people will probably be killed by cops solely due to the fact that there are more white people but there's a very vast different number of population size if we're talking by the population uh that number is almost doubled close to tripled for what the rate of black individuals killed by police are compared to right. um, 
white individuals. So, but again, that is a that is a statistic. So, if, if we're just talking statistics, that's how statistics uh, kind of work. Statistics are not about facts nor feelings, just a just a number. But this was one thing that we were going to kind of dive into a little bit. Was it's tough um, for us to necessarily speak on race related issues in the United States because we are outsiders looking in. Um, I personally have never <laughs> been a victim of anything because of my race, because of, you know, who I have, but it, but it's crazy. Cause I, I there is a story I like to bring up that I had a, a conversation with a friend. <clears throat> I am an individual who has a lot of tattoos, right? And me getting tattoos was a personal choice of mine. I have the option to get those tattoos. I also have the option to display them. And I also have the option to remove them if I so wished or cover them up. And I have been discriminated against by individuals of my own particular race because I have tattoos or individuals have had uh, predisposed uh, uh, predetermined judgment of me before they actually interacted with me. I've actually had individuals walk to like the opposite side of the hallway that we were in, like in a shopping mall. They're typically old, old, uh, old ladies. Um, but when they would see them, they would veer off and go the other way. Imagine that. And I was like, man, those people don't know anything about me. They don't know what I'm about. And, and already that, you know, opinion has been made about what my character is. You have what people need to understand is that there are individuals in this country who experience that daily because of their skin or because of their ethnic background. Mm -hmm. So to say that it's not an issue is wild and i understand well I, I can't say understand but if you're an individual that does not uh, let, let's say you're in a, a super small town where direct racism is not something that you see because it just doesn't happen there in front of you right so if you're in a small town of 200 people and there's, let's say, everyone there identifies as white, everyone's a white individual, you're not going to see direct racism because it's not literally put in front of you on a silver platter. Uh, but because it doesn't happen to you does not mean that it doesn't happen to people elsewhere in the world. And this, like, the, the funny thing is, and Andy, I'll let you take over here in a second, but people act like Again, this is like a new, newish concept, but it's not. And this, this goes back to every single different kind of people that we've ever seen. Look at like how Irish individuals were persecuted mm -hmm. way back mm -hmm. when, right? Yeah. And so, like, like this, this is real. This shit is real. This shit happens. And mm -hmm. right now, we're specifically focused on individuals here in America because. Like we just saw recently with the conversation that was had between Chinese government officials and our our individuals, right. other yeah. countries are taking note. I would I would not necessarily say China is the one to be speaking on racial issues. However, that does kind of drive us to our next point about how Asian Americans and people of Asian descent uh have recently, at least in the spotlight, again, this is not new, but in the spotlight, what 
we are are kind of seen as the the big trend is stop Asian hate has kind of been circulating. And so, uh, Andy, you you are definitely an individual who can speak on this because I know that well, this has affected you in more than one way. So, so I'll just speak briefly about this because we've got a lot of stuff tonight. But this was on seeing uh, uh, this. I, this came across my feed, and I actually sent it to the guys this morning. If you guys haven't seen it, so over the weekend, CNN made some comment about how different. Well, this was on Friday. They made a comment. They were something about you know, Hong, like the Hong Kong or Asian type fonts are racist and we need to stop having those Asian type fonts and all this stuff. And I was like, okay, where's this going? And then they, so they lead into the story then on Saturday, they were covering a South Korean golfer. And there's actually two South Korean golfers that were in the masters this weekend and the South Korean. And so they run the story about the South Korean golfer. And I chuckled because they show the picture of the, well, the story, the story is about one South Korean golfer and they show a totally different South Korean golfer, the other golfer, and they didn't even recognize the fact. I'm like, okay, somebody totally dropped the ball there. And we were like, okay, come on. I mean, you, you can't make this stuff up. I mean, we are just, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to, if you're going to, be on that pulpit of oh don't be racist and blah 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 i told my wife that i told my wife that tonight and she kind of chuckled and they said well heck what's the what's the racist comment that we've always heard about our kids well they all look the same and blah 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 and i'm like i mean seriously that's what's that's what cnn pretty much just did with this whole topic and i'm like okay if we're gonna raise awareness you know we had the the shooting last month down in in uh at the massage parlor in Atlanta with, you know, mm-hmm. the, the Asian people who were talking, it's, we need to look at people and this is an age old saying, but we need to look at people with open eyes as people, not skin color, not tattoos, not, you know, I'm going to get into this more later, but I, you know, it's, it's based upon ignorance and, you know, and my first contact with an African-American wasn't until I got into college, and my first real African American friend was a was a was a uh, a music major uh, at HLG, and he was a very good friend of mine. And he and his wife both were just they're just and they're fantastic people. And you know, it just it, and it, I hated that it took me so long because I lived in rural America most of my early life, you know, and you know you just don't come into contact with people like that and. It's, it's, I, I want people to know that, you know what, we, if we stop looking at people as race and we just start looking at, you know, what was it that Dr. King said? You don't, uh, you, the con, you don't look at the person by the con, the color of their skin, but the contact of their character, you know? And I think Dr. King would be rolling over in his grave if he knew that we haven't, that we haven't advanced that far since the 1960s. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. I you guys saw my comment on it earlier. I mean, just the carelessness of it from CNN. It's like so many people want to say that there's no problem, and it's like yet this happens. It's Literally, like, all we, I could we think shoot of. ourselves in the foot with it. Like it's just this stuff keeps happening, and people want to keep denying. It. And it's like, but then this happens, and it's like, come on, man! Like, 
Well, I, I literally saw it and was like, I could just picture like someone at CNN that like doesn't follow sports was the person that had to do this. And they're like, who? Who was well, his name? And then, like well, the boss was like, we need to just get the damn photo up. Just type in. I wouldn't have been surprised if there was like a, a photo of Jeremy Lin. And they're just been like, I, I, that's great. That's what we got. That's what we got. Just roll with it. Just roll with it. And they're like, what? <laughs> like everyone's looking at it like that man clearly plays that man plays basketball. And they're like, we didn't have time. And we just assumed you mother effers would just roll with it. So now <laughs> that intern's fired. He's out looking for a job. And it was clearly the boss's fault. No, I, well, and, and because what? It was I saw I saw a thing that also made me chuckle where it was like imagine like because like Tiger Woods is of you know oh, Asian he's Asian, descent, so like yeah. if they if they just would have posted a photo of Tiger like ah you know he's yeah he counts like that oh my god but I mean yeah, that, it's, that, uh, that's the level of ignorance isn't it that, that oh well, they all look the same well it was an honest mistake no it's not an honest mistake how can you confuse Andy Van Beber with uh, Sean Phillips you can't I'm I'm big you're small. You know, I'm. It's like you can't say. You know, if if we were to look at, you know, and I, I mean, I've seen in in my adoptive parents' life as an adoptive parent. I'm going on year ten now, and we have met literally thousands of adoptive families, and I can pick out a kid just by their personality. I don't look at a kid by oh he's got the brown eyes and he's got the little you know and the, all that racist crap. No, they all have different personalities. They have different backgrounds. They have different, you know, and I, I just, this is a major slip up by CNN to allow this to happen. Agreed. And even if it, let's say it wasn't intentional, like it was just completely just, maybe it was some guy who just had to get this article out. Like the ignorance of it is just, it was fuel to the fire of an issue that's already been a hot topic. I mean, it's just, we, like I said, we shoot ourselves in the foot, and well, you, yeah, that's the thing is like you can't, you can't tweet. No, you can't tweet. Stop. Let's stop this. Let's let's stop stereotyping, and then the next damn tweet, be like, ah, shit, someone delete that last tweet we just had because uh, too late. It's already yeah. out there. <laughs> Zero late. days yeah. since the last incident at the, the Twitter office for CNN. So I just, <laughs> I get so, a picture of the. Yeah. So does CNN get canceled now? <laughs> You'll have to ask CNN, dog. They're the ones that uh, determine yeah, right. determine who uh, right. who gets who gets canceled or not. No, that's, I, a, that's a question to our viewers. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. I want to ask um, you guys specifically, um, Andy. I know you probably have solely based off the fact that you do have two children that you have adopted from China. Uh, Travis, I, I'd like to get your insight because I have a very specific memory that I remember very dearly, but have you guys ever experienced, and it doesn't necessarily have to be um, someone of uh, Asian ethnicity, but have you ever been with a friend or a confidant that was of a different ethnic background than yourselves? And while you were either out and about with that person, but actually witnessed or like heard a story from them about firsthand racism that either they experienced or you guys had like seen while you were all interacting with each other, like off the top of your head, do you have any specific moments or memories like that? Well, I've seen in the classroom many times. It, I mean, if I'm looking back to where I came from, yeah, I, I saw all the time. 
And I would say, I'm even going to say like with now, like for example, my girlfriend, she works uh, agent and customer service and <laughs> the stuff that she deals with for being uh Latin is it's disgusting the way people treat her. Like I, mm-hmm. there was one lady, she, you know, she did the whole thing like, hello, thank you for contacting H and M blah, blah, blah. And just cause she had the accent, the woman's like, Oh my God, another one. I can't speak English and hung up on her. And that's just one example. She oh, deals oh. with this all oh, I, the I bet. time. And yeah. that's a, that's another, I mean, the, the amount of ignorant shit that those people got to put up with for like, Oh, they know mm-hmm. the green card jokes and the illegal immigration jokes. I mean, it's, uh, I, yeah. I, I, I make, don't even want to get into it because I'm gonna. I make it. A, it I make it a. Point. It's sad. I make it a point, and we're, you know, our we have two Mexican restaurants here in town, and I make it a. We have a, a Mexican restaurant, and I don't want to mention the guy's name, but I mean, he's. I, every time I go down there, I refer to him as my brother. We give each other a hug every time, and I'm, you know, we've known this guy for like five years, and we frequent this restaurant at least two or three times a month, and we, and I, I, I always, I always want to make it. I mean, when. When Don and I again, I don't want to single out Donald Trump voters and everything, but when Donald Trump was running for election, I remember how angry these people were because these are people who worked hard and they went through the system to get here legally. And then people start, you know, in, in a town of thirty five hundred, you know, people look at you and like, oh, there are illegals and everything like this, and you know, you and and this guy's this guy's. Uh, I guess it would have been his nephew. He used to work there and his nephew getting now This is, this was really interesting because his nephew, who was also Mexican, Mexican American, his wife is Chinese and they have a, a biracial child. And our kids would, we, we'd, we'd meet up at the park and our, you know, bright, they same exact age as Bryson and they would play at the park and stuff like that. And he just like, you know, he never really came out and said thank you, but it was always we just sit and talk about stuff and, you know, and just to put people at ease. But, yeah, I mean, you see that happen all the time, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, – that actually, like, well, you know, reminds me, like, you know, we're, we're, we're all from a small town. Like, you guys, you know, even if it's, you know, just jokes, but – you know, like the stuff you might hear about all oh, these, you know, we need to build the wall. We need to get the wall built. It's the most important part of this presidency is getting this wall built. And then after that conversation, it's like, so, uh, <laughs> $2 tacos on Tuesday up at old Dos Primos. If y'all want to head down there, like it's a uh, good eating, you know, it, it's all about loving the culture, but not the people. And, uh, Man, I, I, I remember that's, a very that's spe- a good way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> a very specific memory that I have was my freshman year of college. And I was with two friends who are both black and we were going to Walmart. And I'm like, this stuck with me. And they, they said it in a joking manner, but I could tell that it was something that they realized they recognized it they registered it and because it's so real to them they had you know made a joke about it but we were we were at walmart walking up to the store like from our parking lane and when we were crossing the street i just started crossing and this car like slowed down and and waved me along and they were standing behind me and we get across and they like stopped they looked at each other 
And they were like, what the hell was that? And I kind of like looked back. I was like, what? They're like, is that what being white is like? And I was like, what are you, what are you talking about? They're like, cars stop for you when you like try to cross like the parking lot. And I was like, I guess. And they're like, and it's like, okay, so it was a joke, but the fact that they like recognized it as that is not something that happens for us frequently is was just something that has always stuck in the back of my head that I've, I've talked to other individuals, other friends that I have, whether they're black or they're mixed race. And they're like, Oh yeah, that's a real thing. That that's a real thing. And it's just like, you, it's so subtle. It's so small that you don't even think about it. I'm sure that it doesn't happen to them every single day, but the fact that it would enough for them to be like, oh, I've experienced that firsthand. That is exactly what we're talking about. Like not all racism is big old swastika, you know, pointy hood party. Like it can be real, real subtle to where you, you, you don't even think it, but to others, it could hit like, <clears throat> you know, that was, that was one of the, the big things, Travis, like I'll, I'll say it firsthand. Like when, when you first started dating Danny, one of the first things I thought of, like literally that went to my head was just like, man, I wonder how that experience is going to go for him. Because luckily when you guys started dating, you were in the military, which as you know, is a pretty diverse melting pot of people to where it's just like, it's an, it's a non thing. But then when you come back, the amount of people that are just like, wait, she's from where? Oh, that's, that's, that's crazy. You know that. Oh, wow. And, you know, so there's, there's always that adaption that, that has to take place. And like, um, V, I know, you know, firsthand your children have probably experienced things. And then you guys have had looks and side conversations had about you. And, and so it's just, um, it's a never ending, never ending cycle of, I want to say in a perfect world, I wish we could say do better and, and treat your fellow man the way that you wanted to be treated. It will never be that easy. And I think a big hurdle that we collectively need to come together is understand that there are going to be people out there that are evil, that genuinely have an issue with people of a different race because of their race. And that's just due to anger. That's due to hatred. And that's due to lack of intelligence. And what I think needs, sorry, I didn't go ahead. No, no, you're good. But what I think needs to happen is, when it comes to individuals like, like me, Travis, Andy, we're not perfect. You know, we've said, we've said stupid things. We've learned from our mistakes. We sometimes might have thoughts that, you know, might, might seem out of left field sometimes. And that's just due to ignorance, but we know we're not racist individuals. We know we, we don't have hate in our heart towards people of other races. So it's individuals like us that need to come together get better at the little things and work with the individuals so that we can help the people that are good. Let's keep those people together. Mm -hmm. And instead of completely writing someone off for something that has happened in the past or little slip ups here and there, educate them. It's not, you know, our job to forgive, 
but let's let's start to to tighten up like when people are kind when people are loving let's let's get in good with them instead of just casting people out for you know right. mistakes or anything like that well that's that's kind of the direction which i was wanting to go tonight too and if i could go ahead and go with what i was going to talk about tonight this was um this was a con this was a conversation that i had had and this kind of ties in a little bit and uh you know i i titled tonight some of the folks who probably are tuning in or want to know why we titled i titled it you know i could have just taught, called it the failure of society i think as 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 a whole but i want to look at this from the from the failure of a religious standpoint um and I'll just start with this and just bear with me and I'll, I'll come full circle as well, Sean. Um, I became a, a Christian at age 13 through my own understanding. I realized that on my own, I was not going far in life or make the right decisions on my own without Jesus in my life. I could tell that dozens, I could tell dozens of stories of when I went at life with what I thought was best for me or how I failed miserably and how I failed miserably. Um, when I allowed God to direct my path uh, and using prayer through prayer and circumstances, I saw my path laid out before me by him. Uh, some may explain this as fate. I talked with Travis and I talked about this for about an hour last night, but uh, I look at this as God directing my path to reach as many people as I could for him. He has blessed me with a wonderful life, a wonderful job, uh, beautiful children, beautiful Asian children. I also realized that all those things could only be because of him, and if he was to take it all away, I would see, although somewhat difficulty, difficultly, as this is his plan. Now, I say all this to establish my point tonight. I believe in relationship with God, not religion. And a lot of the stuff that we're talking about tonight, religion has some play in it. And I'll just stick with me for this. Religion, our world, our world has failed what God has intended for its purpose to be. And I, I, I want to go just, just briefly with some historical points, starting by stating exactly what Jesus himself intended, that we, we, we will get to the failure in history. You know? Jesus said uh, to, love, to love our enemies and do good. And whether that our enemy is Islamic, black, white, um, gay, transsexual, whatever. Jesus said to love them. And he also said by this, people will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. And Jesus also said that his kingdom was not of this world. And, you know, Christians are told to deal with the world as though they have no dealings with it, for the present form of this world is passing away. And then I thought that, you know, okay, so we're in... Pure religion. This is a great, and I'll I'll document this. This is in the Bible for those of you who follow the Bible. James one twenty seven. Religious religion that is pure and undefiled before God is this: to constantly work alongside and for orphans and widows in their affliction, despite any cost, and to keep oneself unsustained from the world. Now, where did Christians and religion get it wrong? And I'm gonna I'll say I'll start with this uh, three thirteen A.D. Constantine became the first Christian Christian ruler of an empire, Byzantine Empire, the, and it became the, the official religion of the Roman Empire in 323. 
Uh, many questioned as to why he did this. Historians argued this point. Did he really convert just to push an agenda? And I've studied this for many years. I actually, I was talking with Travis about this last night, how we had a conversation about, you know, my history professor in college, and we believe it was a little bluff. You know, some say it was to gain a unanimous approval and submission to authority. Um, I believe he did have a conversion experience because his mother had converted years before when he was a teenager. And I believe he was raised in a Christian environment. I believe that he fell victim to what politicians have done today, and that is to use religion to gain control of certain members of the populace. Uh, fast forward to the Middle Ages. Um, you know, when you, you look at, uh, it, it was in 999, and you love this guy's name, Pope Sylvester II. You can't make this up. Pope Sylvester II, 999, as a, he claimed himself to be the spiritual heir and representative of Christ on earth, according to church teachings, the medieval pope eventually claimed papal supremacy or authority over all secular rulers. The, hope, the pope had an army who not only supervised church activities, but also influenced political affairs. The high clergy, such as bishops and archbishops, were usually nobles. They had feudal lords. And you go on and on about how the, how the church became more of a political force. Okay? Um, then we make move on to the Crusades. You know, um, the what was it? It was uh, the belt. The Seljuk Turks had taken over Jerusalem, and they extended their power over the Holy Land, which included you know the quote unquote holy places. And so, in uh, in 1095, Byzantine Emperor Alexis I urgently asked the Pope for help. And so this is now this is Christ representative, okay. And this is his quote, From Jerusalem and the city of Constantinople comes a grievous report. An accursed race has violently invaded the lands of those Christians and has depopulated them by pillage and fire. Urban called for a crusade, and this is more of his quote, he said, Both knights and footmen, both rich and poor, must strive to help expel the Seljuk, the Muslim, from our Christian lands before it is too late. Christ commands it. Remission of sins will be granted for those going thither. And God wills it would be the would be the cry of Christian knights in in the empire, okay, and so that's that, okay. So you can look at other various instances and in, throughout history, but I want to move to contemporary history, and this is where I want to bring you guys in. So within my lifetime, a religious a religious political group known as the religious right, uh, so you may have heard of them called the Moral Majority. Jerry Falwell started this group in 1979. Uh, the religious right, which would be, you know, they would become known as the moral majority. Um, just a few facts about them that I got down here. Um, the moral majority became the most prominent organization in the religious right soon after Jerry Falwell founded in 1971. Targeting the Republican base, the organization mobilized voters to elect politicians who would defend their values, supporting prayers and creationism in schools, as well as opposing abortion, pornography, obscenity, and others perceived threats to the family. Though the moral majority declined in the 80s, the religious right, well, religious right remains active fighting against same-sex marriage and abortion today. Um, and this goes on to talk about how some of the things that they do. Moral majority rejected the born uh, in 1980. The moral majority rejected uh, the Christian incumbent Jimmy Carter due to his ties to the liberal foes instead championed the Republican challenger, Ronald Reagan, who, by the way, whose wife 
practiced seances and was involved in uh, dark stuff, you know, and oh, we, you know, and so, yeah, exactly. So I, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. And so, so I, I say all of this, okay. The current right has aligned itself with dangerous bedfellows. Sean, just hold your jokes for later, please. Um, and the, you know, in the name of God, you know, in the name of God, guns and country, Christians sold their soul. And this has been my personal opinion from the get go, sold their soul to the redemption of their country in the form of Donald Trump. In doing so, the name of Jesus Christ has been aligned with hatred, bigotry, animosity, xenophobia. And Jesus did not, you know, Jesus didn't condone sin or, or separation from God. He fought the quote-unquote religious rights of his day in the form of Jewish rulers back in the time. And, you know, many times in the Bible we see when Jesus developed relationships with people and talked with the down and outers of his day, prostitutes, tax collectors, people who were diseased, who were deemed unclean or punished by God. And Jesus was a friend to sinners. Jesus gave instructions that I mentioned before. Once people got away from this, these truths, and started to look at creating a heaven here on earth, religion lost sight of what the goal was, to love others, plain and simple, and to show by example, whether it's good or bad, the purpose of, of Jesus coming. You know, in a biblical sense, we're not meant to save this world by condemning it. And this is the, this is the thing that angers me the most, okay? You know, the Apostle Paul, you know, he said, he said to the Christians, you know, um, this was in the book of Romans. Now, by the way, the, this, was, this was to the church that was being persecuted by Nero, who was burning Christians at the stake. And doing all that stuff, he says, I appeal to you, brothers, by the mercy of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service. Do not conform to this world. Be transformed by the renewal of your mind, by testing you, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So here's my purpose. And, and this, is, this is to, and, and this is where I'm going to open up, because Travis, I want to get into a little bit of the conversation that we had last night. You know, my purpose and passion as a believer, number one is to be open. Be open to people of different races. Be open to people of different uh sexual persuasion, be open to people who are, who, who drink, who do drugs, who do all of this stuff, be loving. Part of the problem, and, and, I, and I think that a lot of this comes from people who are set in their ways, and I hate to say it, that a lot of these people are, are Christians, and they have been sucked in, and they've caused a a bad experience for people. And so now we are, and in this last election, you know, what people did in the name of Christianity, you know, oh, well, we got to protect our borders. We got to, and I was just like, I'm scratching my head saying, so does, did Jesus have a MAGA flag hanging from the pearly gates? Did he want to build a wall between Mexico and America? Is he, you know, does he think all those rioters in Minneapolis, does he think that they, they need to be put into their place. No, he, he would go and listen to these people. You know, he would, you know, I think that we need to be an example. I, you know, I never claim to be perfect. I've had the occasional, you know, whatever slip out of my mouth or whatever. And I've struggled with addiction and I've, you know, 
And oh, we, one of our persons said a lot of hypocritical Christians out there that ruin Christianity for others. So yes, uh, Zach, I would I, I would agree with that. 100%. Um, and so, you know, my whole thing is I want to show what a relation with with God is like through my life. And I, I think Christians have lost sight that they oh we've got to make the world perfect and we've got to protect our families. And I, I, I 100% disagree with that because I want to teach me, you know, I, you know I, I know a lot of people and shout out to those people who homeschool their kids because they don't want their kids going to a secular school, whatever. But I want to teach my kids how to be an example in school. I want to teach them how to relate and how to be, you know, we don't look at people because of their skin color or because of their if they're Islam or, or I'm sorry, if they're Muslim or if they are whatever. I think that this is the part of the failure of our society that we've been talking about tonight. You know, we've talked about it from, we've talked about it from a racial standpoint. And I wanted to, and I just wanted to put this out there. I know I rambled a little bit here, but I wanted to put that part out there and just say, you know, this is the failure of society. You know, Travis and I, and Travis, you can chime in on this. I mean, we kind of talked about this last night that, part of some people's bad experiences with with religion is because they've come in contact with somebody on the fringe who said, you know, you're 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 bad and you're terrible and you're this and you're that. And I mean, is that kind of what your experience was or what what Yes. Yeah, so I've I've mentioned it an episode or two ago. I'm not a very religious person and now I'm not an atheist, but I'm somebody that I've had a lot of issues with Christianity. And I have a lot of questions around it, but some of my biggest issues and one of the people commented was the hypocrisy that I've seen in Christianity. I've seen so many people, uh, especially where we come from, who claim to be these great Christian people. They go to church every Sunday and yet they'll talk bad on somebody of a different color or just somebody different than them or somebody of different political views or whatever it is. They're just so, there's so much judge judgment and to my knowledge, that's not what Christianity is, but yet that's what I see. And that was one of the issues. Uh, other issues too, is just the Christian community. And for me, it just was never very, I felt judged every time I've gone to a church. I just, I've never felt comfortable going to a church. I've been to several and that's always, it's been maybe because I'm the new person there or whatever it is. I've just never been comfortable going to a church. And that's just two of the issues and it's just the judgment around it. And I don't know, it's just, I see so much hypocrisy with it. And you look at the history of Christianity, you know, look what people have done in the name of Christ and mm-hmm. people have just been slaughtered because they have different religious review, religious views. And it, it's raised a lot of questions in my life as far as what do I, I believe in and, um, Again, I, I don't consider myself an atheist. I just consider myself somebody who has a lot of questions that hasn't been answered. And when I have seek the the answers to the questions, I've only ever really received judgment. I've never really received, um, I guess, the help I was searching for. I don't know mm-hmm. how to explain it. No, I don't know what um, you're saying. And that's kind of my stance on it. And I... It's it's a weird thing. Like I, it's hard to believe that there. For me, it's hard for me to believe that there's just nothing. Like 
for me, there has to be something. Right. But again, my search for whatever that is, it's just always been met with not what it's supposed to be. If that makes sense. Well, I don't no, know it, makes... it makes total sense because I think that people within the Christian community, part of the, re you know, I'm not, we were founded as a Christian nation and there are revisionist history. Now, our founding fathers, we had some rascals. We had some doozies. I mean, Ben Franklin, he, even though he talked about God and everything, he was a he was a player. I mean, he was a major mm -hmm. player. Okay, he he got around. Okay, Thomas Jefferson, we've talked about before the affair that he had. You know, uh, we talked. You know, John Adams, who was a very bitter. You read some of his stuff. He's a very bitter man. You know, George Washington. You know. Christian man, and he, he talked a lot about his faith. And but when we look, we come down to it, you cannot, the Christian Christians have to realize what they're portraying. And first of all, they need to be honest. You know, if you talk about, you know, I, I read somewhere this week about uh, Joel Olstein, who who is the pastor of one of the largest churches in the United States. I I have nothing nice to say about him. And, and this this guy, well, to me, this guy this guy puts a bad frame on Christians everywhere because he yes. talks he talks about he talks about you know helping out the poor and all this other crap. And I saw somewhere he was get they showed a picture of him getting out of his car. And it was some kind of $300,000 Ferrari that he's getting out of. And I'm like, dude, come on. You and that's, know? that's another issue I've had with Christianity is that it's, it's a monetized thing as well. I mean, you look mm -hmm. at, you watch church on TV and there's always some like, because my dad watches the church on TV every time I'm home. And there's always this commercial about, Hey, call this number now. And for 1999 yeah. a month, you can yep. get this. And, I'm, and that's not, and that is not, what it is you want me to me. believe in something that's selling me right like I, I i have issues with that well and that's and here's the here's the other thing here's the other thing christians are the ones who are instructed to give to the church you know i, I i'm not saying it's to be braggadocious but i give i give to the church every month not because i feel like i have to because it's going to get my place in heaven or something no because i'm commanded to because i want the mission of our church to go forward to me People miss the point about what Christianity is. It's not about, you know, I, I need my get out of hell free card. It, to me, it's yes. about it, it's about a relationship. I follow Jesus because I have recognized on my own that I have made many mistakes. The the I've, I've been married before. I've been married twice. And the woman who I was married to before, you know, she was a great friend in college. And I, I, you know, I, instead of, you know, my mom always told me, you know, my mom, my mom from the day I was born prayed for my wife, the right wife to come along. And I just, I rushed into my first marriage, you know, and, and we weren't right for each other and things. We, we, we went our separate ways. And then Janine is put into my path after I told my mother, I'm not going to date again. I'm not going to get married again. And I told Travis this last time. The only time I made my mother cry. And then out of nowhere, you know, here comes an old high school friend who I'd, who I hadn't seen 15 years who comes into my, you know, some people say, oh, that's just luck. That's just fate. I look at it as God's, you know, and so he has what's best for me. You know, he doesn't want me to, he wants me to show people that there's, it's not, you know, I'm not saying that being a Christian is going to be all, everything's going to happen for you. 
bad things are going to happen. And this is what another thing people think, well, why do bad things happen then if they if God is so good, why do bad things happen? Because there we're we're a world full of messed up people. Yes. We're a world full of messed up people and we haven't, you know, and in my now this is my opinion and some other Christians who are, our opinion is, you know, we're all messed up. We all, we've all fallen, we all fall short. There's nobody who's perfect. And somebody who claims to be perfect and that their religion or their denomination is perfect, that's a lie. Because it's, there is no such thing as the perfect denomination. There is no such thing as the perfect religion. It comes down to having a personal relationship with Jesus and declaring that on my own, I can't do anything. On my own, I cannot do anything because I screw everything up. I, I suck at it so bad. And then I have to recognize that I have to give direction. Now, here's where I think it's it's like, go back to what you said, Travis. I mean, people on, so on the fringe and they just say, oh, this is a joke because, you know, I know, I know people who, you know, pray on, pray and preach on Sunday, but go out and live like hell for the rest of the week. Well, then, and to me, that's not real. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest and upfront. I say, you know, I've never, I've never, I'm, I'm, I am the, the proverbial goody two shoes. I, you know, I've never drank, I've never smoked under none of that, none of that stuff, but it's not because I feel like God tell, and I know Christians who drink and that more power to you. If, if it's your, what it is, it comes down to what is your personal relationship with Jesus telling you, you know, I mean, there's certain things that I don't agree with that I don't believe in. You know, I don't believe in gay marriage. I don't, I don't support it, but you know what? I have, I know people, I have friends, I have family members who are gay and I love them regardless of what their choices are. And this is where we as a whole need as a society, Christian or non-Christian, I think the root of it started with Christians. And I think it's just, it's we're. I hate to say it, but I think Christians are part of the problem because we, we want everything to fit in our nice little box, our nice little church box. And if something doesn't fit in our box, then, oh, you know, people get, you know, and I'm, I'm going to make a lot of Christians mad when I say this. You know what? They say, well, we shouldn't teach evolution in the schools and we shouldn't do this. And I'll tell you the truth. I want my kids to learn about evolution. I want my kids to learn. This is, okay, we believe in creationism, but here's what, be familiar. You need to know. I mean, I studied apologetics, which is the study of other religions. I want to know as much as I possibly can about other religions so I know exactly where a Muslim stands, where a Hindu stands, where a Buddhist stands, where a Zoroastrian stands. I want to know where all these people stand. I don't want to be ignorant, you know, because there's so many people who make ignorant statements about religion that they know nothing about, you know, and they make ignorant statements about, and we've seen presidents, and not just Donald Trump, but we've seen other presidents in the past who've played on this, on fear, on fear mongering. And it's, you know, in the name of, you know, Oh, somebody, we have another quote said, uh, what was it here? It's, a, you, it's, it, this is one of my former students. And she said, I found a quote in a music magazine in high school that has stuck with me ever since I kept it in my locker until the day I graduated. You say that I sin, you say I'm bound for hell, but once your judgment condemns you, I see, I shall see you there. Wow. Growing up feeling judged in a small town, that quote summed up my experience. And that's, and seeing that's just yes. it. And I mean, to me, that is where people are, you know, and 
there are churches are beginning to get it. There, and I'm not saying the big church. There are churches out there that get it, that get the fact that there's a reason why people are leaving churches in droves is because of the message that is being preached. You know, not saying that, you know, well, you do, you know, you do. The message that needs to be preached is it's not you do you and I'll do me. And it's like, we're going to love you. And we're going to, you know, we see that what you're doing and you need to come. I can't, I can't, I can't make you do something you don't want to do, Travis. I cannot make you, I can't twist your arm and say, okay, you're going to believe this. Okay. I want you to, you know, I, I, I've talked, I've said this to many Christian kids before and my fellowship of Christian athlete group at school. I ask them straight at my officers every year. Why do you believe what you believe? And you would be surprised at the number of people, Christians who I've talked to, who cannot answer that question. I believe it. Why do you believe if, if I, you know, now you got me, I, I said my story at 13 years old. I could tell you why I believe what I believe because I didn't want to go to hell. But that's a good place to start. But out of that, now my, now my faith, I don't call it my religion. I call it my faith has made it to where. I see how I'm to love others. I see how I'm to treat others. And people aren't going to like me. People, you know what? But I'm going to still love them through that. I'm still going to, I'm still going to look at them and say, you know what? You're still one of God's blessed children. You may not believe that, but you're, you know, I'm going to, because I, I'm, I'm called to love others the way that God loved me. And I'm a piece of trash. And I'm not saying that to be self-degrading or anything, but I am saying that if all, you know, well, that person's a prostitute, or that person's a drug addict, or that person's is, hey, I'm fat. I have an addiction just like anybody else does. I have problems that anybody else does. You know, I've dealt with certain vices back in my, that wasn't drugs or drinking, but it was stuff that was just, you know, and people need to look at this and say, man, I'm not going to judge you for who you are or what you've done. I mean, we... I've taught with teachers, and you guys know which teachers I'm talking about. I'm not going to say them by name, but have long since retired from Clopton, who judge a kid based upon who their brother was or who their sister was or who their, you know, and that's the same yes. thing. And you, you, I mean, you go back to that, 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 that guy being pulled over in Virginia, Sean, that guy being pulled over in Virginia. So that, that cop had a, I'm sure somewhere in his career had a bad experience with a black perpetrator. Okay. And so he uses that. Now I, I think that that guy used that as, as his benchmark and that all black people that he pulls over are going to be suspect and I've got to treat them that way. And that's the same thing that, I mean, we're not, we're not called to be that we're called to be so much more. We're called to be so much more. And I, and Christians are called to be so much more. And we're, we're, instead of being part of the solution, we're being part of the problem. And I, I'm so bothered by that. You know, I will say one thing I appreciated about our conversation last night and something I saw that I don't see or I haven't really experienced with Christianity is when you were telling me about the things that you struggle with personally, the level of humility that was there, it wasn't the holier than thou you know, I have my faith, therefore I am, you know, it wasn't like a, I am better than you mentality because I believe in this. It was like, Hey, look, I've struggled with this. 
I am not a perfect person. Um, but I don't, I don't, I just, I haven't seen that myself with others in the community. And I think a lot of other people are in the same boat as I am with that is just, they were just turned off from it just because of that mentality. And I undoubtedly think being from small town, rural America played a big part of that. I, I really think that was part of the problem. Yeah. And I want to, and I want to bring out again, I don't know who's this other, this person who's, and I don't know whose friend who, who invited, but I'm, I'm glad this person's commented tonight. He said, as a Christian myself, I feel that the word religion can turn people off based on their bad experiences, hypocritical scenarios. You're right to say that it's your faith in your own personal relationship with Jesus. And I totally agree with that. Thank you for that uh, comment. But, you know, I, I, I think, I think that what is part of the, you know, when you think when things started and I mean, I could go on all night about this, but I mean, you could go back to a period of time there at the 50, there in the late fifties, early sixties, you know, people have this mentality, this mental view that all oh, the, the good old days back in the fifties, look, people were doing terrible things back in the fifties and the sixties and oh, yes. we're a Christian religious society and blah, blah, blah. No, we weren't. We've always been a society of, you know, we've never been a positive society. We just, we just have learned to kind of cult. And now all the ugliness is coming to the surface. Our buddy Reed Lee uh, mentions that Westboro Baptist Church impacts Christian, the Christianity image negativity as well. Yes. Thank you. Westboro yes. Baptist Church. Those freaks have, who have definitely made it a bad name for us. So yeah, stuff like that hasn't helped it. Sean, I would Sean, you Sean, been, I want to hear a Sean's. Yeah. This, Sean's yeah. been strangely quiet through all this. Well, no, I, I kind of wanted to let you uh, speak on it and, and kind of take the reins. But no, I, you know, when I picture people seem to forget how like totally metal Jesus was back in the day. Like he, he kind of reminds me like when I think of him, like I kind of always like picture like a, like a Charles Manson-esque like, ah, like, I don't care if you're a prostitute, I, just come on in. We'll take everybody. We'll take, we'll take you, we'll take you, we'll take you. Someone burn the sage. Like, let's get it going. And uh, no, man, like, and and when I look at religion throughout, especially Christianity, and one thing, like, when I was in school was one of the big things that switched me was, like, people forget. There was a point of time. I was having this conversation with, with Tony the other day. People seem to forget. <laughs> there was a point in time in history where uh, the most powerful nation in the world that was ruled by monarchs, right? There were kings and there were queens. And it was like whoever, whatever, if, if they were Catholic at the time, that's what the people were. And then if that person died and their, their sister took over, she's like, we're not Catholic anymore. Mm -hmm. We're Protestant. <laughs> and if you don't like that, we're I will cut kill your you. head off. Kill you dead. Like people, people are like, ah, you know, believe in, 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 in religion. And, and I'm like, they killed millions of people for the like they, like you they said, called like her, they called her back, Bloody Mary for a reason. Yes. yes, and we go back and you look at things like the Crusades, and it makes people take a reality, uh, take a step back and say, okay, what is it? What is it really about? But when you're right, when people, when I when I say Jesus was metal, what I mean was at a time when he would walk into a room 
and there would be people standing there, right? Like I think when I think of it today, I think of it like how in today's society, people just pull their phones out to film what the hell's happening instead of stepping in to do something. When I when I like picture Jesus, I picture him as that individual that'd be like, can we just fix this shit real quick? Like, like let's let's help this person. Mm-hmm. Let's help. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. And 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 literally, like you said, like he wasn't he wasn't a, a socialite that was at these fancy events that were sh- sh- being showered with gold. Is he was washing the feet of the sick and the poor and the needy, and he was that kind of individual. And Regardless of like, you know, how many people think he might have looked like Qui Gon Jinn from <laughs> The Phantom Menace. Like, he, he was, I, I hate to tell uh, that, that you, I hate was, to tell you, folks, he had olive-colored skin. Yes, and yes. and the, the thing is, is my Jesus has blonde hair. My oh, Jesus God. was. He, I saw him bring bush light to me, <laughs> and I thought, this is the light. You know, Jesus no, was Donald for Trump. Me, yeah. Oh gosh. Oh no. <laughs> let me let, let me give a selfless plug. Not a plug, but uh, so this is a book I've been reading, and it's probably backwards. But I re- it's a very small read. It's uh, a Hobbit, a wardrobe, and a Great War, and it has my favorite wars: World War One. And uh, this whole book is this book is written by Joseph Lacan. This guy is a uh, third generation Italian immigrant, and he <clears> talks <throat> about and you talk about in the name of Christ, you know. Both in, in so in World War One, both Germany and the West were both saying, you know, this is a holy war. We're going to do this, and you know, these people are pagans, and they're name, you know, and they're going, to, they're the God is on our side, you know. And it was the same thing with the Crusades. God wouldn't be involved in that filthy mess, and see, and so people get, and that's the other thing. People say, well, this is what the Ten Commandments say, and blah blah blah. And I, I'm going to say something revolutionary to my Christian friends out there who who haven't gotten the memo yet. The Ten Commandments were for a purpose, yes. They were to show us that there is no such thing as a perfect person, and we cannot achieve it on our own. You need a relationship with Jesus Christ in order to, because he was the only perfect person. He was the only perfect person. The Ten Commandments were just to show us there's no way you're going to get there on your own. You can't do it by being good because these 10, these 10 statements are 10 statements of, and that's who, and like you said, Sean, Jesus would go up in the face. I mean, Jesus would be the guy today who would probably show up in a ragged pair of blue jeans and a ripped up t-shirt. And he would come into the church and they would say, Oh, sorry, sir. You need to go outside and put on a, put on a pair of slacks and a, and a dress up shirt in order to be a, and, and, Oh, and, you know, I'll, I'll share it. This would be my, I'll leave it back to you guys, but true story. Okay. So this is 1983 and this is in a little town in central Illinois called Modesto, Illinois. And so my dad is pastor this and my dad usually pastored in missions and, and started, it was a church planner. And we were at this, we were at this church and dad was working and this is 1983. So dad was working on this old burnout hippie who lived there in Modesto. And I mean, the dude was shaggy and he was, and my dad, my dad has his faults, but he, he, my dad made a point to reach out to everybody. My dad could reach out to a tree stump and have a conversation with it, but he, my dad, I had, yeah, I am Groot. My dad, my dad had a heart for this dude and this now Modesto is a town of 200 people. Okay. And okay. there, and there's, and there's two churches in that town and ours was one of them. And so dad worked on, dad worked on this old hippie 
to get him to come to church. And I can't remember for the life of me what this guy's name was. But one day, so imagine this 1980s church where, I mean, every Sunday we had to get dressed up for church. That's just the way it was. And this dude, and my dad had worked on him and worked on him and worked on him. And finally, this guy came to church. And I remember when he came to church, he was in a, I mean, just ragged blue. He came in wearing flip-flops or one thing. I remember, I'll never forget that. And he had his, and he was just, just dirty, ragged beard and everything. And he comes in and my dad goes over to him and says, hey, man, it's so great to see you here. And my mom goes over and talks to him and everything. And ever, I just, the, the room was just fixated on this dude. You know, and so dad goes in through a sermon and, and he and he does this thing. And after the sermon, after the service, the chairman of deacons come in. It's like, you know, we'll call him Joe. He's like, well, man, it was good to see Joe here. And dad said, yeah, I've been working on him for a long time. And he said, well, next time you need to have a conversation with Joe and tell him that he needs to dress more appropriate for church. And that that and that set my dad off. And my dad handed in his resignation a month later. And we were out of there because my dad is like, yeah. okay, this is, and, and what's bad about it is there are situations like that, that happen every day. And this is where we are failing. Oh, there, there that part right there in the story, that, that, that was it that hit home. <laughs> yeah. And so I want people to know, I want to reassure our listeners that there are people, and I know we've probably droned on a long time about this, but I want to, I want to assure people that there are Christians who are out there. There are churches that are out there. There are a lot of churches. There are big churches that are making a move to get away from the big church scene and go down to the smaller church scene and let people in, come as you are, come in a pair of shorts, come in a you know, a tank top, whatever, come into church and just listen. We'll take you as you are. You don't have to take off your hat in church. You don't have to come and just, you don't feel like singing. Fine. You can sit in the back of the church and just, you know, there are people who care about other people and care about, you know, and I just think that we, I mean, this needs to translate into our society as well. So I'm on my, I'm off my soapbox now. So carry on. Oh, this is, this was a good topic. I mean, I think, <sighs> The, re the religion issue, I think, is a direct reflection of society in general. You know, people thinking that they are just perfect. They think that they are above others, and then reality is, like, nobody's perfect. And, um, you know, being more accepting of each other is something we don't really see anymore. Yeah. Um, and I think this is a good topic that really re reflected that and kind of related to the race issue as well, I think. Yeah. Um, and it's something. Something I would actually like to get back into again eventually. Um, yeah. So I got some more questions and stuff I would like to pick your all's brain on and sure. have a conversation about it. Yeah. Come to my church. The Neverland Ranch Church. Come on. Have a good time. Thank you, Brother Michael. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, yeah. I mean, because like I said, there's there's a whole lot that I could uh, go on and, and where I was at a point in time where, you know, for me, it felt like you know, I've always, I've always been religious, but there was a point of time in my life where for me, it was just difficult because normally in my life up until that point, I would pray and I would think, and I thought like what I was hearing were, were answers, answers to those prayers. And there was a really dark period of my life where it was very quiet. And as, as cliche as it sounds, 
it was that I, I, you know, I go back to the old footsteps, um, the old footsteps analogy where two, you know, a man was walking next to Jesus on the beach and there was a, you know, I forget the exact thing, but at some point there's only one set of footsteps and he says to Jesus, you know, where did you go? You abandoned me. That was during the hardest points of times of my life. And Jesus says, well, that is when, you know, I carried you. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, and so it's, I butchered that, but that's kind of the yeah. gist of what yeah. it is. Yeah. And that was kind of what it was for me was it was out of that when I realized that was it, my interpretation was, um, it was, you needed to slow your roll and I was there, but understand you're, you're smarter and you're a lot stronger than you think you are. And during that confusion without you, you know, you were able to dig yourself out of that hole. So you thought by yourself, but little did you know, I was there long. I've, I've developed my relationship with Jesus and, and not to go on a, you know, a, a huge rampart now is I, I very good. I think uh, when I, when I think of my um, relationship, I think of it more as a dude, you wouldn't believe what happened to me today kind of thing. It, it is quite literally a, in the back of my head, kind of, it's like, I'm almost talking to myself on, and there's a lot of just with the things that I'm doing in my life between, you know, the podcast, the wrestling, coffee, comedy, recruiting, acting there are so many questions that i ask daily and sometimes in my head it's am i what what the hell am i doing am i doing the mm -hmm. right thing am I, right. am I doing this right um and then every time something good happens i i'm i'm humbled and i'm i recognize yes yes there is a reason and um i've i've just found i've found comfort and i'm still i can i can still be creative and i can still have wild you know, thoughts and still have a relationship with Jesus. And like, I'm, I can't wait to, uh, when I finally do find a bucket and kick it that I can, uh, you know, you know, talk to him about, you know, why we don't get to see aliens on a daily basis and why he kept that from me for so damn long. And like, I'm super, but no, um, I really did. I really did appreciate your, your talk. V. I, I really appreciated our talk earlier and our insight again, some individuals might not be a fan of that necessary, and that's oh, that that's okay. Um, that's why we we do these talks, and and yep. Yep. I'm glad I can have them with you guys, and especially because like even the three of us are not on an even you know on a on on the same field with some of those with some subjects, and we we could definitely dive deeper into them um, at a later date. I definitely wanted to say thank you to our listeners for being engaging tonight and thank you for those that are continuing to listen on different platforms again thank you so much for dealing with us i know we've had some audio issues here and there um and we might continue to have them down the road but right now uh i, I think, think we were great tonight set up yes. yeah we, we we sounded good everything no disconnects so it was great is there anything you to have for our listeners this week before we sign out? Uh, no. Hey, guys. Thanks a lot. And uh, check us out on our Facebook page and our YouTube page and all that good stuff. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thanks for keeping an open mind. And uh, see you guys next week. Thank you guys so much for listening. I have been Sean. My hosts have been Andy and Travis. This is the Voice of Reason podcast. And next week, we can't wait to bring you more reasons and more voices. We'll see you guys next time.